is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Are you willing to invest a mid-second round pick in Travis Kelsey? How about a mid-third round pick, maybe a late third round pick? in Zach Ertz or George Kittle. Welcome to the tight end preview. Here we go. We did quarterbacks yesterday. Today we talk about tight ends. You know, it's, a, it's kind of stressful. Quarterbacks, pretty easy. You know, deep, you're going to end up with a good quarterback pretty much no matter what. Not the same situation here with tight end. Welcome to the show. I am Adam Azer saying hello to Heath Cummings. Hello, Heath Cummings. I love this position this year. It gets a bad rap. We've talked for too long about how bad tight ends are. Tight ends fine this year. No, it is not. It's not. Yeah, it's perfectly fine. We've got elite guys. We've got this huge upside tier. We've got plenty of value late. There's no reason to stress over tight end. Dave, I'm stressing really over is. tight end. There, by the time you're done with this podcast, you should have a good idea of how you feel about tight end and whether or not you're genuinely stressed. Yeah, I, I mean, I am not genuinely stressed. It's just fantasy football, but... I think every year we go into the drafts going, well, look, there's there's this late-round guy I like, and maybe I'll take two of these guys, and one of them will pan out, and there's this, there's that. And then at the end of the day, like they all stink after six or seven of them. It's, just, it's every year with tight end. Yeah, not all of them, though. I mean, you, the ones that are going to go early go early for a reason. No, I'm not. Obviously, the ones that go early are good. I'm saying the, okay, the Vance McDonald, Jordan Reed, Delaney Walker group. I could get excited yeah. about all three of those guys. I, I'd be I'd be happy to take them, but at the end of the day, I know the reality is we're probably not going to have ten tight ends that were that are consistently performing. Correct. So don't you don't know. This is the year of the tight end. <laughs> Do you know how long we've been saying that? Things cha- No, we didn't say that last year. We spent this whole show last year trashing the position we, and talking about how it was ca- the catcher of football. That little I'm, turn, I'm turning the page. This is the year of the tight end. I remember writing a story in like 2007 saying this is the year of the tight end. And then again in 2011. And then again in 2011. And then again in 2014. All right, we'll see about that. Here's a fun stat for you. O.J. Howard caught five touchdowns on 48 targets. George Kittle caught five touchdowns on 136 targets. And Eric Ebron caught 13 touchdowns on 110 targets. Touchdowns, very important for tight ends. They don't get as many yards as wide receivers or running backs, so touchdowns are huge, and they're hard to predict. Uh, Dave, I believe you had a follow-up to my fun stat for you. I did. I, I Just looking at red zone attempts for each team, Indianapolis ranked fourth last year, 64 red zone attempts. They converted 68.8% of them. That's toward the top of the NFL. Tampa Bay was right behind them, 60 red zone attempts, and they converted 60% of them. And San Francisco, middle of the pack with 51 red zone attempts and dead last in conversions to touchdowns, 41% of the time they found the end zone. So I'm thinking that that has a lot to do with the quarterback situation and the lack of other receivers that they really had out there. And it made it easy to double-team Kittle in the red zone. He didn't have a lot of red zone touchdowns. I, I think that you're going to see that touchdown number spike for George Kittle this year with Garoppolo back, with the offensive line as strong as it's ever been in San Fran, and with the receivers in San Francisco being deeper than they were last year. This is a big year for a couple of guys. We've talked about it with Michael Thomas. Is he just not going to be a double-digit touchdown guy? I think this is a big year for George Kittle's touchdown rate because so far I'm still willing to say, yes, it's probably going to get better. But you look at his rookie year, he had 63 targets. He scored twice. He's had 199 targets in his career, seven touchdowns. That's a terrible rate. And Jimmy Garoppolo's touchdown rate hasn't been fantastic in the limited time he's played either. They, I think they may focus more on running the ball in the red zone than you would think with sure. Kyle Shanahan. And so I, I do think, like, That's I'm not the reason certain, why they didn't do well in the red zone. I'm not certain Kittle's not going to have the worst touchdown rate amongst the worst top six or seven tight ends. I think he might. But I like the fact that he averaged 86 yards per game last year. Yeah, I just don't think it's sustainable. Oh, I think it could be sustainable. Well, I don't know, man. He set an NFL record for receiving yards by a tight end. He's not going to do that again. He led the NFL in yards after the catch. 
But that's I think, what he does, though. Yeah, I to a degree. But he, you know, but this is another theme of tight end this year that OJ. Ha- but sorry, that Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, and Zach Ertz, they all had a bunch of targets. Ertz and Kelsey had over 150 targets. That's unbelievably rare. And it was just an amazing year for those three tight ends, an unusually good year for those three tight ends. And they all might regress a little bit. So, you know, are they all going to regress a little bit? Do you expect worse production from all three of those big three? The one I'm worried about the most regressing is Ertz because he had so many targets and catches. And the Eagles go on and they add to Sean Jackson. They want to get Dallas Goddard on the field more. He's going to take some work away. Suddenly, they found a, a run game. Jordan Howard was impressive in the early days of camp. Now, Miles Sanders is garnering headlines. They're they're going to be very diversified, and I think it's going to hurt Zach Ertz in the catch and the yardage department. I don't think it hurts him necessarily in touchdowns, which is a good thing for him, but that's why Ertz is third for me among tight ends. I, I think he comes down to a point where it's lower than where Kelsey and Kittle will be. Yeah, it was a combination of things from Ertz because he saw more targets than he ever has, almost 10 per game. The year before, he was at 110 in 14 games, which is still a really high target rate for a tight end. But he also was much more efficient, caught 74% of his targets last year. The year before, just 67%. So I I think there's an argument to be made that Ertz might regress a little bit in terms of volume. I'm more concerned about Kittle's yards per reception than I am Ertz's targets. But I don't really like the one guy you would think we might have to say is definitely going to is the guy that was a top 10 wide receiver last year. And that's Travis Kelsey. But I just like barring injury, I don't see any reason to be concerned about him at all. He's the number one option in this passing game. Had more targets than Tyreek Hill last year. I expect him to have more targets than Tyreek Hill this season. And has arguably the best quarterback in the game and Andy Reid calling plays like maybe he only scores nine touchdowns this year but I think Travis Kelsey's pretty much going to be what he was last season slam dunk for a thousand yards maybe a slam dunk for 1200 yards so if there if there's going to be regression from Kelsey I think it's there and I just want to get one last thing about Kittle because that's my guy 11 games last year with at least 70 yards you'll you'll hear me refer to that number a lot for tight ends and the reason why is because if a tight end doesn't score a touchdown you want him to get 70 yards. It's that doesn't seven happen. Seven fantasy points. It doesn't happen. What do you mean? Which tight ends get 70 yards? That's like that. I just told ha- you George Kittle yeah, gets but t- it. But he, he, he set an NFL record. He set an NFL record. He's not going to have that many yards. Are, There's no do way. Do you understand what I'm saying? There were five games where he didn't have 70 yards last year. I, I understand. He's, yes, he had a but, game with 200 yards. But I think the argument happen. is there are going to be more of those games this year. That, but that's, so it's, a, it's, a silly, it's, it's just a benchmark that doesn't no, really make sense because like nobody else does no, that. No, it makes perfect sense. His, his, like, that's yes, what, I, if, if you can't get a tight end that's going to get a lot of touchdowns, you want one that's going to get a lot of yards. Of course. Yards. It's yeah, pretty simple. And, you're, and now you're telling me that there's not a lot of tight ends out there that do that. Right. I agree with you. That's why these three are so valuable. That's why Kittle will. Kittle, yeah, he'll get he'll get his yards. It, I'm I'm almost positive the yards are coming down because I just like I said, NFL record. Not gonna, I just don't I, think it's gonna happen again. Okay, so he gets eleven fifty. I've got him projected for eleven forty six. I think that's a good number. Eleven fifty three. He was over thirteen hundred last year. So so in fact, the top three tight ends they all finished as top eleven wide receivers in non PPR and top thirteen wide receivers in PPR. Kelsey and Ertz were top 10 wide receivers in PPR. Kittle was 13th. Um, you know, you look at previous years and where the top wide, where the top tight ends ranked among wide receivers. In 2017, Gronkowski and Kelsey were both top 12 wide receivers. But then after that, it, you know, it wasn't quite as good. Um, and then in 2016, not even close. So, and plus, like, you're talking the number five tight end, the number four tight end. They're usually going to be low end number two, high end number three wide receivers. So, you know, to keep the base on the last three years. Um, and just kind of what we know about those tight ends and when they get drafted, they're going to get drafted around that range. So, uh, I want to ask you. Okay, so I know that Kittle is Dave's number two tight end. Heath, you have Ertz or Kittle at second? Uh, Ertz in both formats. Okay. Is it a big it's gap? It's kind of close in non PPR. It's it's a pretty big gap in PPR because I expect Ertz to catch twenty more passes than Kittle. Okay, 
And when should these guys go off the board? And I'll tell you something that does encourage me with tight end. Looking at ADP and looking at what we've been talking about, where they're going to go, like, we're wrong. We've been wrong. We're taking them earlier than they usually go. Analysts are taking these guys, not not necessarily the top three, but four, five, and six in particular. Evan Ingram is not Wait. a top, is not a four, fourth round pick. OJ Howard it's is not, not it's, a fifth round pick. I'm looking at, I'm telling you, three different sources of ADP. These, I understand. These guys are going around five clarify or six. something. Okay. I'm trying to clarify something. Like 2.5% of the drafts that are going to happen this year have happened. All right. For what and it's worth, ADP right I, now. You're I, right. Right. So, yes, this is in a very small sample size, the ADP. I don't believe that we're, that means we're wrong, though. Like, we don't say we're wrong about quarterbacks. We keep waiting on quarterbacks. And no, that's no. Just, that's a, we're, we're wrong. What and I'm so I, I don't is, think we're wrong about tight ends either. Yeah, no, this no. is well, what on, we say about Dave, tight ends. But what I'm saying is we're wrong about, we've been talking about where these guys are going, and we've been saying they're going earlier than they actually are. That's, well, that's where they go in all of our drafts. That's what, and so when we talk about our drafts, are that, not, that's accurate. But they're not reflective of the industry. They're not reflective of ADP. That's what I'm saying. That, no, but they are reflective of what our advice is, which is if you want a tight end to lock up your roster, avoid the waiver wire game at that position, try to have an advantage over most of the other people in your league, you've got to get up and, and get one a little sooner than what the ADP says. Right. I, I think the, the place I would agree with you, Adam, is we've been talking about them as late second round picks and it looks like pretty much everyone but us can get them early in the third i would not have the plan though if i had pick 16 which kelsey's adp is 15.9 let's say pick 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 15 to think okay i don't need to take kelsey here because Ertz and kittle according to adp should be there at the end of the third i don't they might be but i wouldn't want to risk that no. I'd, pr- I'd probably just take kelsey Mostly, though, and you're right, mostly, though, I'm talking about Howard, Ingram, and Henry, specifically Howard and Ingram, because, um, like, Evan Ingram is starting to become a top 45 pick in our drafts. He's going 60th overall on Fantasy Pros. In CBS, Evan Ingram's going 64th overall. 64. Now, I, Behind I OJ Howard and Eric Ebron. Yeah, Ebron is a huge bust based on his ADP on our site. Yes. Um, O.J. Howard, 57th overall on Fantasy Pros, 62nd overall on CBS ADP, and similar on Fantasy Football Calculator. Now, how much of that is reflective of the Golden Tate suspension? Probably not that much, but I don't think you have to spend a fourth-round pick on the second group of tight ends after the big three. And that's encouraging to me because I don't want to spend a fourth-round pick on them. I'm okay with it in the fifth round, but I thought it was getting a little bit too rich for me anyway. Are you guys comfortable taking one of those guys, Ingram or, or Howard, not necessarily Henry, in the fourth round, in a top 48 pick in a 12-team league? I'm going to tell you why I am. Because if I'm in late round four, let's say I've got, I'm in the 10th the draft slot. So I pick 10th overall in round one. I've got, um, well, let's see. In round four, that would be a pretty early pick. And Evan Ingram's already been taken. So I know it's now or never for O.J. Howard. I'm taking him then. Same thing if O.J. Howard's taken, or if I really value Evan Ingram, I'll take Ingram there. Because I know that when that turn comes back to me and I'm up late in round five, I figure those tight ends will be gone, even what with what ADP says. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I basically handle it in a way of, like, I'm probably not going to get the first one. Um, so I don't, like, in the fourth round, probably not taking Evan Ingram most of the time. But... If I am early in the fifth and Ingram's gone, yes, I'm going to take Howard most likely. Or if Ingram and Howard are both gone early in the fifth and it's like, ugh, I might take Henry in the fifth round. But I also don't I'm, I don't feel too panicked about it. I, I can wait and take Jordan Reed in the 12th round and be just fine. Yeah, but again, if, if you want to have that position covered, let's say it's late round four and you're going to be up again early in round five and uh, you've got two fantasy drafters that are picking twice after your fourth round pick and they both need a tight end. The position scarcity is going to push me to get the tight end there and then take another player in round five. And how close to you, in your mind, how close is Hunter Henry to Ingram and Howard? So in that that nightmare scenario for you where you're in the fourth round and and all the tight ends except for the big three are still there, you say, okay, I'll take a wide receiver here or whatever, and then before your next pick early in the fifth round, two other guys or two other girls just took Ingram and Howard. Are you like, all right, I'm going to take Hunter Henry now early in the fifth round. 
Or is that in non PPR? I I think they're all relatively close, like within a f- couple of fantasy, maybe a point per week. In PPR, for me at least, Ingram gets a little separation from Howard and Henry because I expect him to have a lot more targets than those two. I agree, and and I'm not feeling Henry, not yet. Okay. So I to me they're separate. I've got Jared Cook ahead of Hunter Henry. I think that they're very similar. Is uh, Hunter Henry's best year better than OJ Howard's? Well, yeah, because yeah. OJ Howard got ban- I, on a per game basis. I'm not sure, but on a Probably overall not. basis, yeah, because Howard hasn't had a full season yet. No, Hunter Henry to me feels kind of theoretical because he's he hasn't had a 600 yard season. He had eight touchdowns as a rookie, uh, but he hasn't had a top 10 finish yet. He played 15 games and 14 games in two seasons. Uh, no, I don't think he's produced like OJ Howard did last year. And like I said at the top of the show, five touchdowns on 48 targets, that's pretty damn good for O.J. Howard. But he did even better than that as a rookie at like six touchdowns on less than 40 targets. So uh, I I would just say from the same thing we were saying about Kittle's probably going to score a little bit more, I don't necessarily believe that O.J. Howard's going to score once every 10 targets. No, no, I don't either. But when you look at him, you think that he should. But Hunter Henry has also scored once every 10 targets. Yeah. Uh, all right. No, so a lot of that came in his rookie year. We're we're gonna get we're gonna get to those guys a little bit later. I do have a few things I want to announce. First of all, today's sponsor is SeatGeek. Thank you so much to SeatGeek for sponsoring us for for several years now. And I hope you're using SeatGeek. It's the only app I use for tickets. Promo code is FFT for ten dollars off your first purchase on SeatGeek. Promo code is FFT. Five star reviews. They're extremely helpful. They really help this podcast a lot. You don't even you couldn't even imagine how helpful they are. Please leave us a five star review in Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or wherever you're listening, on Stitcher, whatever it is. And if you leave a question in your five-star review, I'll read some of them on the show on Friday after we knock out a couple more position previews. We'll have a two-parter for running backs on Wednesday and Thursday, and then we'll do a bit of a mailbag on Friday. And uh, five, yeah, five-star review questions. So please, they're so helpful. And send me an email, fantasyfootball at cbsi.com, with your five-star review. I will select one of you reviewers for our podcast league. Details on the podcast league coming next week. Our Facebook group is called Fantasy Football Today. Go on Facebook and join Fantasy Football Today. Uh, we get some good discussions there. I, I put up some of your posts. I put up some of my posts. Yesterday I said, I'm doing my tight end preview. I can't think of anything bad to say about Travis Kelsey. And uh, the most common thing I got was his, a bit of an injury history. Off-season ankle surgery for Kelsey. Concussion in the playoffs two years ago. And one poised person pointed out, the worst thing you could say about Travis Kelsey, his last name is not spelled phonetically. And that's a good point. And maybe we should knock him down for that. But seriously, Travis Kelsey is pretty hard to poke any holes there. Uh, CBS Sports HQ, make sure you're watching that. Fantasy Football Today is live noon Eastern, Monday through Friday on HQ. Download the CBS Sports app on your connected device. Watch on your phone, whatever it is. Watch on your Roku on your TV, and it's all free. It's 24-7 sports coverage and some gambling advice as well. All right, let's move on, guys. Tight end questions. What is your overall tight end strategy? We've probably talked about it, but if you want to sum it up, your overall tight end strategy. Because I feel like there's an advantage to having one of the top tight ends, I'm trying to draft one of them in every single league I'm in. Yeah, I will take a top tight end if it's not a tight end crazy draft. I'm happy to get Kelsey in the middle of the second, Ertz or Kittle in the third. That's fine. But I also don't feel pressured to do that, and I'm very happy to have Jordan Reed in the double-digit rounds. And even in non-PPR with Jordan Reed, I get the appeal of Jordan Reed in PPR. But what in non-PPR, is he kind of off your board? No, I wouldn't say that. Okay, He's still a top 12 tight end. All right. So when you're making that decision, Dave, and you really want that tight end, you know, obviously you're going to have to pass up some pretty good players in rounds two and three. So And one. You're taking Kelsey in round one? Yeah. Why? Late round one, I know I'm going to be able to get a receiver or running back coming back in round two. I'm taking him. I want the position scarcity. But this is how, this is a personal choice that every fantasy manager has to make. They have to decide how badly they want to have, what, what is it, a top 10, top 11, top 13 type of wide receiver in the tight end slot? That's what you said earlier, Adam? Uh, yeah, based on the last two years of Travis Kelsey, right. yeah. So th- that's 
that's part of it. I want to, if I'm starting two wide receivers and a tight end and a flex, along with two I, running backs, I want that edge on my team against the guy that's starting Jordan Reed. I just, I don't think, unless you're in a draft with Chiefs fans, if you're in the end of the first round, you have to worry about Kelsey not making it back to you at the start of the second. There are people out there who will feel the same way as I do. Yeah. And they want to have that. that tight end advantage. And I, I can't get another, I'm not going to take George Kittle in early round two. I love George Kittle. But if I know that if I'm picking 10, 11, 12, it's Kelsey or bust. And I, if that's the mindset, I'm, I'm taking Kelsey as soon as I possibly can. Okay. Now let me ask you if this matters to you at all. Because Kelsey took a big jump last year, obviously. But in 2017, he was the number two tight end in fantasy. He had a very good year. And he was a top 12 wide receiver. However, that was a bad year for wide receiver. If you take Kelsey's 2017 fantasy points and put them in 2018, he's a top 17 wide receiver. He's number 17 in non-PPR, number 16 in, in PPR. And that wouldn't be good enough to justify a top 12 pick or a top 14 pick necessarily. But remember... The only way... You, yeah, go ahead. But I, right. I I think he also sat out week 16 because they already had a playoff spot locked up. So he was a top 17 receiver. He played 15, 15 games. 15 games. Yeah, right. And he didn't so, have Mahomes. Yeah, so... <laughs> that's true. But I, I understand that there's that difference there. But it's still to have the edge at the position. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I'm making it as clear as I possibly can. Yeah, no. I and the, the other good part about it is that if I'm picking 10th overall and I take Kelsey, in round two, I know I'm going to get somebody along the lines of Michael Thomas, maybe Odell Beckham, uh, maybe Le'Veon Bell. Someone like that's going to be waiting for me in round two, guaranteed. So I'm willing to make that reach for Travis Kelsey. Dave has gone ze- full zero running back. Dave is... Running backs don't matter. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say that. I just said that. <laughs> I mean, well, but if you're yeah. starting Kelsey and Thomas or Kelsey and Beckham. Well, listen, if a running back I like me at 10th hey, overall. Listen, I if like I can it. get one of my running backs at 10th overall that I really like, bye-bye Travis Kelsey. Hope you make it to me in round two. Well, yeah, that's that right. That's a good point, right? Because we Yeah, know sure, of course. You don't know how the draft is going to shake run, out. Running back I, I'm not going to commit to Kelsey at 10. Depends right. on who else is there. Running back is obviously a scarce position, too. And... We always we know that regardless of format, a great running back, a great running back is the most valuable player in fantasy. And last year, Christian McCaffrey was a second round pick in non PPR. Maybe by the end of the preseason, a late first round pick in PPR. And look what happened with him. Um, so you know, like Joe Mixon or Travis Kelsey, who would you take? Kelsey. Kelsey. Okay. Uh, how about Todd Gurley or Travis Kelsey? Oh, you like Mixon better than Gurley, right? Yeah. Yep. James Conner or Kelsey? Conner. Conner. Le'Veon Bell or Kelsey? Kelsey. I go back and forth on this one. I think I'm on Bell right now. Okay. He'll change. Something will happen. He'll change. I'll take David Johnson over Kelsey, too. How does your tight end oh, yeah. strategy change in a 10-team league or a 14-team league? Does league depth matter? I don't think it changes much for me. I still want one of the big guys. So I'm still going to take one with an early pick. It's less important in a ten team league because there are it's it's easier to find a tight end in a ten team, especially to stream. It not not an elite one. It's not any easier. Well, yeah, but you're pa- like you have to. All, I know you want an elite one. You're also you're passing up on having a, a an elite wide receiver or running back. You're not. Going I'm, to I'm passing both. up on having an elite wide receiver and an elite running. Right. Back. Yes. I'm not passing up on one of them because I'm going to get one if I'm picking tenth overall. Right. You'll get one. I've of the got two. ten and eleven. Right. right. And it'll be easier to make up those positions in all the other rounds because it's a 10-team league. Talent mm-hmm. gets pushed down. Smaller draft. Lots of, and lots it's of different in a 14-team league. 14-team league, that you, if you want that edge at tight end, you, you have to go for it early. I think I'm less likely in a 14-team league to take an elite tight end because a lot of teams, more teams in a 14-team in a league are going to struggle at tight end, so you're not as at quite as much of a disadvantage. You know, you're on even footing if you wait long to take a tight end. And look, let's but not then just talk you, about But then your the, advantage is even bigger when you've got one of the right. top three tight ends. That's one, certainly that's one way to look at it, but I, I always concern myself in 12-team leagues with running back depth. If you have bad running backs, and 14-team leagues, sorry, if you have bad running backs in a 14-team league, you could be in a lot of trouble on the waiver wire. You can't just plug in replacement guys. I mean, it could be really tough based on our podcast league that we do every year. So I go a little more running back heavy in that league. But 
I don't think there's a right or wrong answer to the 14-team league or deeper format. It's just kind of a personal preference. Um, out of a $200 budget, how much should Travis Kelsey go for? $200. Close to 40 Yeah, I was going to say 40 How about O.J. Howard out of 200 Not 40 15 Um. Okay. Okay. Jared Cook. Seven. Five. Okay. All right, we're going to take a quick break here on Fantasy Football today. When we come back, sleepers, breakouts, busts, a little bit of news and notes as the Colts claim Deontay Foreman, and we'll get into some tight end stats and some average draft position right after this. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. All right, let's do some sleepers, breakouts, and busts as we welcome you back to Fantasy Football today. And by the way, uh, during the position previews, not going to read emails, but keep sending them along, fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. I'll respond to some personally, and I'll get some on the Friday show, fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. All right. You can Blank. also tweet us, yeah. and we'll help you out. Absolutely. Blank is my favorite sleeper tight end. So... <laughs> <laughs> I, all right, all right. I'll give an answer. Um, actually, you give your answer first because I don't want to take your guy. You're not going to take my guy. You don't even like my guy. Jordan Reed is the best I do like your unequivocal guy. sleeper tight end in fantasy football this season. He's got an ADP, depending on the site, either in like the 12th round or the 17th round or almost not drafted. He is the number one wide receiver for Washington. He will, for the time that he plays, be a top 10 tight end. And then whenever he gets hurt, you can just stream tight end. But there have been multiple reports throughout camp about how good Jordan Reed looks, how he's not in pain for the first time in several years. I'm expecting a bounce back year from him. He could, it should not be surprising to anyone if he is a top five tight end on a per game basis. Just like it wouldn't be surprising. And I, and I like Jordan Reed. I've got him ranked in my top 10. It also wouldn't be surprising if he missed eight games and... I think it'd be a little touchdown. I think it'd be a little surprising if he missed eight games. He has played at least twelve games three of the last four seasons. He's only missed eight games or more once in his career. So yeah, I I don't think like he has not missed that many more games in the same number of years as Vance McDonald. But he gets the definitely injury prone label, and Vance McDonald we just talk about as a possible breakout candidate. The yeah. thing that the the other nitpick I've got on Reed is the early season schedule is tough. He's got the Eagles, the Cowboys, and the Bears to begin the year. But it, in a sense, if he's going to get the targets, like a like wide receiver type targets, that doesn't bother me as much when it comes to tight end. Mm-hmm. So I, th- that's mostly the reason. The fact that he's more explosive and healthier, I'm really looking forward to watching him in the preseason. Because last year when he played, man, he did not look good at all. And now if he's moving more than five yards downfield, I'm, uh, there's reasons to be excited about him. You do kind of commit a little bit to the streeper, streeper, streamer theory, stripper theory. No, no, <laughs> not wrong type of fantasy podcast. The streamer theory um, when you draft Jordan Reed, but that's okay because you're taking him late. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I understand the appeal for sure. I'm less excited in non-PPR because I worry about the touchdowns. I think this is the worst offense in football. And yes, we true. we have had, though, in two of the last three seasons, not last year, but 16 and 17, we had one tight end that was on the 31st ranked offense in football. That was Evan Ingram. And one tight end that was on the 28th ranked offense in football. That was Jared Cook. Oh, no, that was that was last year. I'm sorry. So it was 2017 and 18. So in each of the last two years, we've had a top five tight end 
on a terrible scoring offense. And in Cook's case, he led the Raiders in every passing category, targets, yards, uh, catches, and touchdowns. I'm, I'm almost positive. So I think you see some similarities yeah. there with Jordan Reed. Okay, Dave, who's your sleeper? I'll go with Delaney Walker. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I'd actually like to give you an even deeper sleeper than that. Can I give you two? Of course. All right, so Delaney Walker. Oh, wait, wait, I know, who, I know who you're going to say. I think they have the same initials, right? Who is Delaney Walker? Yeah. 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 All right. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Do we? Do you have the same source I have? Uh, because I, I, I got it from a little birdie. No, no. I you, just you remember the little birdie. No, <clears throat> little birdie so. told me to watch out for it. the deep sleeper is Darren Waller in Oakland. Yeah. Apparently he's looking great. He's he's got he has been dealing with a leg injury that kept him off the field for a couple of days, but I think he's going to be back. He's just going to get that opportunity that Jared Cook had last year. We know that Antonio Brown hasn't been at practice because of those ugly feet. He's been getting targets, and he's been looking good. So if we're talking late, late pick, maybe even a tight end, a second tight end to put on your bench and see what happens, Darren Waller might be it. He did nothing. He's done nothing in his career. But opportunity is everything in football. And now getting back to Delaney Walker, he's healthy. Uh, Marcus Mariota has consistently leaned on him. I believe he's had over 800 yards. Each of his last three seasons when he was healthy, six touchdowns or more in two of those last three seasons. As far as streaming tight ends go, and, and his ADP, I think, is actually going up. I, I don't think he's bad at all. At Cleveland, Cleveland week one, Indianapolis week two, he could get you off to a decent start, especially in PPR. No, I wouldn't be looking at Walker as a streamer. I would be looking at him as a guy that I'd, I'd hope to start most of the year. Uh, before last season, he hurt his ankle in week one. He missed the rest of the season. He was a top seven tight end in non-PPR and a top five tight end in PPR three straight years. That's Delaney Walker. Um, so I, I think, yeah, I definitely see sleeper appeal there. And Darren Waller, by the way, he's caught 100% of his career targets, six for six for <laughs> 75 yards. He also had a 21-yard carry, and he was a wide receiver in college. So there are obviously receiving skills for Raiders tight end Darren Waller. All right, breakouts. Guys, I uh, I, I don't, I don't see how O.J. Howard doesn't have a big year. Like, I love O.J. Howard. I'm with the public. I'm taking O.J. Howard over Evan Ingram. You guys have Ingram ranked ahead of Howard. I think Howard's such an obvious breakout candidate because injuries cut his season short. But you get rid of Deshaun Jackson. You get rid of Adam Humphreys. You don't really replace them with anybody. I I mean, I just think the sky's the limit for the, for a guy who entered the NFL as one of the most talked about and touted tight end prospects in years. So who else has O.J. Howard as a breakout? That was my breakout choice. And I, I do, like, obviously there is the risk of him getting hurt again. But if he plays a full season, he's going to have a career year, which by definition makes him a breakout. I would anticipate you're going to see his yards per reception come down. Yes, he's averaged 16.6 two years in a row. I don't believe that's just what we should expect. Generally speaking, when you have a player that's been very, very low volume on a per-game basis with outlandish efficiency, if that volume increases on a game per-game basis, the efficiency is going to go down. So I do think he, you can't just say, well, if he gets 80 targets and he averages what he has in the past, he's the best tight end in football. It's not mm-hmm. going to happen. No, you're right. Um, I don't think he'll score touchdowns at the same rate. But I... And I can't put him ahead of Ingram simply because I, I do, even with Humphreys and Godwin gone and Jackson gone, I think there's still going to be a pretty significant target disparity between Ingram and Howard. But I do have Howard better on a per-target basis. He just he needs the opportunities. He just told you how efficient he's been over his career. He's averaged less than four targets a game through his first two seasons. The guy's six foot five and two hundred and fifty pounds. He can run a 4-5. A third of his career catches have gone for 20-plus yards. He has 12 red zone targets, 7 red zone touchdowns in 24 games. By all those metrics, he should be close to the number one tight end in fantasy football. But it's it's the targets. He's just not getting enough work. Now, maybe that changes in a a major way. I think it's going to change. I think his targets are going to go up as long as he's healthy. But to get in the neighborhood of eight, nine targets could be tough to expect. Well, yeah, don't. No, but and but I do like the fact. I'm sorry, Heath. I I just I like the fact that the the Bucks passing game kind of cleaned house. Deshaun's gone. Humphreys is gone. 
So that means that there's three really big targets for Jameis to throw to, or if you count Cameron Braid. Braid will steal a couple of touchdowns from all those guys. But the, the, the potential in O.J. Howard hasn't been realized yet. Right. There's no guarantee it will be realized, but to spend a fifth-round pick to try and get it at the tight end position where you know what his upside is, I think it's worth it. I think I, the only thing I would push back on is last year he only played 10 games. He averaged about five targets per game. 4.8. And he would have been a top five or six tight end if he'd just oh. played 16 games. He had 12 games, or he had seven games. He only played 10. So I think seven games of 12 plus PPR points. His potential was realized last year. He just has to stay healthy. All right. Who are some, some other breakouts at tight end? I'm going to go with Mark Andrews. And this is just going back to the late round tight end well. Um, he had a 64% catch rate from Lamar Jackson in Lamar Jackson starts last year. He's had glowing reviews. His route running has been great. Jackson, for what it's worth, I, I don't know how Jackson looks throwing the ball to his receivers. But from what I understand, he and Andrews are like this. They are tight. And that that's going to play out on the field. I think he's going to play every down. I think he's a solid late-round pick. And if you, if, you just, if you miss on tight end early, that's the one that I think has the most upside of everybody outside the top seven tight ends, eight tight ends. Yeah, and for those of you who weren't watching, I didn't see it either. I anticipate Dave made the fingers intertwine sort of gesture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the, like yeah. fingers crossed. Right. Yeah. They're like this. Right. Exactly. Like, like, like that. Listeners, um, Heath, are we cool? With- I said they were tight. I, I expressed it. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I just, words. Right. Well, I, absolutely. Um, well, I mean, Evan Ingram's obviously a, a breakout candidate. Uh, we'll get. Yeah, all right, Heath. Did you have another breakout, or should we move to busts? Well, O.J. Howard was the name that I sent in, but I would also say Hunter Henry is absolutely a breakout candidate. It just all depends on what percentage of Phillip Rivers' passes go back to the tight end because he has been surprisingly efficient for a tight end, averaged nine yards per target. He scored once every 10 targets. I don't. He doesn't have the same target potential as Kelsey or Ertz or Kittle, but I do think he has the same target potential as Evan Ingram in that Chargers offense, and if he gets that, he's going to be a top-four tight end. Okay, and and I we haven't really brought this up, but Melvin Gordon, if he's not there, does that help or hurt Hunter Henry? I think it helps. I think it helps him a little. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think it helps him in the red zone a little. Right, that's they what I would guess. Still have the like they still have Austin Eckler, whose best work is done in the passing game. I, right, but that the, in the red zone, I'm not sure if that ru- like that the rushing touchdowns that the team yeah. rushing touchdowns would probably come down. That'd be my guess. Uh, all right, let's go to busts. And let's uh, let's get a little bit of a, a move on it here, so we can get to all of the ADP and make sure we're not leaving anybody out. Who's a bust this year, Dave? I'm going to go to Hunter Henry. I don't like him at his ADP. Um, his one year when he scored eight touchdowns, 2016, there was no Keenan Allen. Mike Williams was in college. Austin Eckler wasn't on the Chargers, I don't think. So now Philip Rivers has a nice group of pass catchers. Doesn't have to lean on Hunter Henry for eight touchdowns. He has 12 touchdowns in 29 games. He only has eight games with 70-plus yards out of 29. So I'm, I I feel like he's a little overrated. I'm not feeling Hunter Henry as a round five, round six pick. And okay. he's a round six, round seven pick in ADP, right? No, I, not that from what I saw. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, round six, 68th overall on CBS, so That's approaching round seven. back half of round six. And round six on Fantasy Pros. Uh, you want to talk me into round seven on him, I'll let you. But, uh, but Eric well, Ebron I, I is, think, is the worst. Yeah, he's going behind Eric Ebron. He should go ahead of Eric Ebron. Eric Ebron, and I, Adam got so mad at me for saying this before, but I'll say it again. You guarantee me 12 games of Jordan Reed and PPR. I will take him over Ebron this year. He's hurt right now. They've added Devin Funches. They've added Paris Campbell. There weren't very many targets for him last year when Jack Doyle was healthy. I Eric Ebron might be a fine late Number one tight end just because he scores touchdowns enough to finish there, but he's not someone I want to start. If you had to draft him, what round are you looking to do it in? Nine? Yeah, I I disagree with you on the Reed versus Ebron thing because I think the Colts will throw about twice as... I'm not joking. I think they'll throw about twice as many touchdown passes. They did more than that last year, uh, as the Redskins will. And touchdowns matter, and Andrew Luck has a history of going to his tight ends for touchdowns, but I do think that sixth round is way too early. Tight end six, tight end seven even. 
I mean, I could see a tight end seven if he's way behind the the second group of three. But um, just know that in terms of targets, yards, and catches, when Jack Doyle was healthy, he had more of all of them than Eric Ebron. I think Ebron probably earned a little bit more this year, right? Like, he was so good for them last year, he should probably get more targets than he got last year in the games that Jack Doyle was healthy. But, yeah, it's a concern. Plus, they bring in Funchess. They draft Paris Campbell. They're going to run the ball a lot more uh, based on they went 9-1 and one when they started using Marlon Mack last year. So I, I see the bust potential for sure on Eric Ebron. And I do think he could, he's, he's definitely a non-PPR guy, much more than a PPR guy. I'm a little worried about Evan Ingram, guys, because I, I don't like him in round four, as I've been saying. I, round five is, is fine, in my opinion, top uh, after pick 48, 12-team league. Um, but I don't know what happens when Daniel Jones gets in there, you know, if Daniel Jones gets in there, which I assume will happen. I know Eli Manning's not a great quarterback, but I like Eli Manning for Evan Ingram. And I like Ingram a lot more now because he could get off to a great start without Golden Tate. But his 16-game pace without Odell Beckham, I think he played 14 games without Beckham. His 16-game pace without Beckham in two seasons. He's played 16 without Beckham. Are you sure? Or last year and 12 the year before. No, it was 10 the year before. I'm looking at it right now. He played all 16 games as a rookie because I think he missed them. He missed the last two games. All right, so what have you got? 77 catches, 962 yards, and seven touchdowns. It's pretty good. How do I have different numbers than that? All right, could that's be really good. It's pretty good, but it but it's not a thousand yards, and it didn't have Golden Tate. So you know, just the Daniel Jones factor scares me a little bit. That's why I'm going OJ Howard over Evan Ingram. But obviously, both those guys are super super talented. Both were first round picks. Could have a big year. All right, quick break here. When we come back, uh, quick round of news and notes, and then. ADP, we'll talk about more guys. I want to talk about Greg Olson. Greg Olson needs a little bit of love on this show. We'll be right back. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Well, we do have some news and notes to get to here. Ezekiel Elliott, we got a report from Josina Anderson that he will not play this year without a new contract. The Cowboys are still optimistic about signing him. Jerry Jones wants to give him a new contract. Today's August 6th. He's supposed to report by today. And tomorrow's our running back preview. So part one. So we'll talk about it more on tomorrow's show. Hopefully we'll have more to say. The Colts claimed Deontay Foreman. Heath, what's the fantasy impact here? Well, Deontay Foreman's a Texan in their division. I think that could have as much to do with this as anything. I don't see any impact yet. I'm going to have to hear some positive reports about Foreman changing the reason that he got cut in Houston, which sounds like was his work ethic, and then hear reports that Foreman has his explosiveness back. I don't think it probably matters. Okay. Would you, If you took Marlon Mack, would you take Deontay Foreman with a late pick? It, not, not in a standard CBS league. No, I wouldn't use one of those picks. I would. It's a long season, and you know Marlon Mack isn't a lock to stay healthy for 16 games. And I, I, I think Foreman could knock Jordan Wilkins right off that roster. Well, he's going to have to again. It's the same thing we talk, talked about three days ago. He's you got to find 2017 Dante Foreman somewhere. Yeah, he doesn't exist right now. It's not in his Achilles. Andrew Luck says he certainly believes he will be ready for Week One, but he did not say he certainly will be ready for Week One. He said he believes he'll be ready for Week One. Something to keep an eye on here. Uh, Seattle linebacker Bobby mm-hmm. Wagner had some type of procedure that Pete Carroll was vague on, but that defense can't afford more hits. We still have more than a month before the start of the regular season, so I expect Wagner to be there for, for week one. Uh, Tampa Bay linebacker Levante David tore his meniscus, but he could be back for week one. <laughs> Another They, they need him. that defense. Arizona was looking at Michael Crabtree, could not agree on a contract. 
Emmanuel Sanders and Cortland Sutton got into a fight at training camp. Usually it's the cornerbacks and the wide receivers, not two wide receivers. Come on. I, I guess they were on the sideline and Sanders was mad at him and said, do you want to catch these hands? It'd be the first thing you, you caught all year. Well, that's not true. Not, not true, but Cortland Uh-oh. Sutton didn't catch anything last year. <laughs> okay. Uh, there's another New England wide receiver making headlines, Jacoby Myers. He's having a good camp. Mm-hmm. Just when uh, I was watching Kelvin Harmon's film this offseason, Myers was like flashing. Okay. So I'm not surprised by that. Philadelphia offensive coordinator Mike Groh likes Jordan Howard's pass protection skills. There are more good reports also about Miles Sanders. Uh, Sony Michelle has improved as a pass catcher, according to The Athletic. And Jalen Samuels is getting a lot of work in Pittsburgh camp, according to The Athletic. And Trey Burton is unlikely to play in the preseason as he continues to recover from sports hernia surgery. And Ed Dixon, Seattle tight end Ed Dixon, might need knee surgery. And we need to talk about Will Disley, because he might not be that bad this year. So let's go. Or Jacob Hollister. Now let's go Will Disley. Disley, Disley. Okay. Disley, Disley. All right, here we go with uh, some average draft position. Going to use fantasy pros which is not all that dissimilar from uh, CBS ADP, except Jordan Reed on Fantasy Pros. It's almost it's like he's not in the database or something. 186th overall. Very strange. Tight end 24. Uh, on CBS, he's like tight end 14 or something going in round 11, 122nd overall. That's Jordan Reed. But we start at the top. Travis Kelsey, 17th overall. Like or dislike? Love it at 17th overall. Like it a lot. That's right where he should be going. Zach Ertz, 27th overall. George Kittle, 28th overall. Makes sense. These guys are definitely going right around the 2-3 turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in, in CBS, though, Kittle's 36th, and Ertz is still 28th. You have to write another article about him, Dave. I guess so. you to bump that ADP up. I guess so. Well, no, I don't want to bump the ADP up. I want to be able to get him in uh, late round three. That's awesome. You don't have to worry about late round three. You've already taken Kelsey in the first round. Well, not if Connor You're going to be, so, you're gonna be so mad if Jordan Kittle's What about Kittle's picking there? eighth or ninth? What about picking eighth or ninth? Then I'm not getting Kelsey, and I'll get Kittle then. Yeah, and, and the thing is, if if I knew I could get Kittle in the late in the third round, I wouldn't take Kelsey in the I, I might not take Kelsey in the second round. You know, if I'm deciding between Kelsey and Odell Beckham or something like that, and I'd rather have... I would rather have Beckham and Kittle than Kelsey and Brandon Cooks or Kelsey and Stefan Diggs. Yes, I would too. Heath, how do you feel about that? would take knowing that you're getting Kittle. Heath? Uh, Yeah, not Beckham, but yeah. Okay. Michael Thomas. Juju. Tyreek. All right. And then our next three tight ends, OJ Howard in round five, Evan Ingram late round five, last pick of round five, Hunter Henry round six. So, yeah, I mean, that's Fantasy Pros. On CBS, Eric Ebron sneaks in there. On Fantasy Pros, Eric Ebron's round seven. He's tight end seven. And he goes with Jared Cook. We haven't talked about Jared Look Cook. how close Henry and Cook are in ADP mm-hmm. on CBS. Yeah, basically They are back both going 69th overall. So, Cook, they, Cook's basically... And here's the... Like, that's interesting because in my projections, like, my projections and rankings don't always line up perfectly. Jared Cook in PPR is right there with Henry How Henry and Howard. Not with England, wow. but right there with Henry and Howard. Just because like there's already been some talk about how they want to have him more involved in the offense than what I had originally thought. And like he was a lot better than these guys were last year. Sean Payton is saying that they're they're putting in plays for Cook. They want to get that tight end position going again after several years of not having it. And he's probably going to be the third option in the passing game behind Thomas and Kamara. Well, he okay. I could not put Cook ahead of Howard. And you're not putting him ahead of Howard, but you're saying he's right there in no. PPR. Were yeah. they was he a lot better than Cook than uh was Cook a lot better than Howard last year on a per game basis? Well, not I don't know about that. I would say probably not on a per game basis because of the efficiency of Howard, but I do not no. expect that efficiency to continue. In PPR, they basically had the same exact amount of points per game. But I, but I don't expect Jared Cook to get 110 targets or uh, 101 targets. I don't expect that. No, I've got him for 90. He's interesting because he's really like th- that was his outlier season, and he's been on a good offense before. He didn't do really much of anything when he was on Green Bay. Now they had Devonte Adams and Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb. 
and you know he was basically the fourth option. He could be the second option in the Saints' offense. Well, but, if you if you don't include Kamara, I, but he could yeah, get more targets than Kamara. He could. I don't I think he will. Really doubt it. I'd be a little so, surprised if he did. It was yeah. the first time he ever had more than 100 targets in his career, and it's the second time with only 90. What stood out to me is that Jared Cook had a catch rate of like 67%. Mm-hmm. And the, he, I've called him a career underachiever, and last year he overachieved. But I think he's landing in the perfect spot for him to um, get a touchdown. He'll score seven times this year. And he'll get oh, I don't know. over 700 yards on top of it. I don't yeah, know if he's will. scoring seven times. Cause he, in this in the Saints that, offense, he'll score that, seven. That'd be a career high. Who scores seven times? I mean, like Michael Thomas scored, what, nine times last year? Yeah, and he's done it twice in also, And he's better than Jared Cook. Also, if he has 700 yards and seven touchdowns, he is a top five tight end. Yes. Uh, so, so are you Would comfortable? Would he have been last year? Yeah. I 707 would have made you top five, huh? Uh, Let's see. I don't know about that. Close. Well, Cook was the fifth best tight end last year. He had eight ninety six and six. Which seven hundred and seven would have made you number seven. Uh, would have made you number six last year. Okay, I've so rank seven. Anyway, uh, are you comfortable with Cook as the eighth tight end off the board going at the end of round seven? Yes. In fact, that's almost my fallback if I really do not get one of Kelsey Kittle Ertz. And do you prefer Cook or Ebron? Cook. Okay, and let's go to the next group. David Njoku is just like, it's so hard to evaluate him, in my opinion. Um, Njoku, Vance McDonald, Austin Hooper are the next three. Njoku, Vance McDonald, Austin Hooper. And then we'll go Trey Burton. He's tied in 12, so that's, that's weird, by the way. But what do you think about uh, 9 through 12? Njoku, McDonald, Hooper, and Burton on Fantasy Pros. People are still drafting Njoku on potential and not reality. 32 games. He has two games with over 70 yards. He's never had more than 75 yards. He has eight total touchdowns in 32 games. He has 13 drops in 32 games. He has 22 games with five or fewer non-PPR points, 18 games with six or fewer PPR fantasy points. He's, He's fool's gold. At that, even at that ADP, I think what's happening, like he was the number eight tight end last year, and he's being drafted as the number eight or nine tight end this year. Um, I, like, I think that's probably the best explanation for it. And if he, if he could repeat, like last year he had 640 yards receiving, 639 and four touchdowns. I could understand the argument that this is a better offense; they're going to score more touchdowns. And if he's at 650 and six, then he absolutely deserves to be here. But there have not been positive reports coming out about him in camp, and it's hard to find the targets for him if Duke Johnson is involved in this offense. Because you could have Beckham, Landry, Najoku. There's enough targets to support those three. If Duke Johnson's getting three or four targets per game, too, it's really hard to see Najoku match last year's total of, what, 90 targets? Would you rather have Najoku or Jared Cook? Or, sorry, Eric Ebron. I know you'd rather have Cook. Ebron. Ebron. Ebron, okay. Yeah, Njoku's a, a clear bust. I'm not drafting him. All right, what about Vance McDonald, Austin Hooper, and Trey Burton? How do you like their ADPs? 10, 11, and 12 I like off Mc- the board. Yeah, I like McDonald the best of that group just because of the, uh, the opportunity that he'll have in the Steelers' offense. He's not. He's, he's more of a touchdown or bust tight end unless he starts getting six targets per game. But he, he's going to help fill in the blank of Antonio Brown as a short area target and Roethlisberger's talked up McDonald as a reliable tight end that he hasn't had since Heath Miller. Yeah. I I don't mind where McDonald's going in terms of the pecking order. I think I've got him 13th at tight end. I don't, I do think this is too, like if you've missed a tight end and you've missed all the safe guys and you're shooting for upside with these later options, I don't think Vance McDonald like should be going in the first 10 rounds. I wait until the 12th and there are going to be great options there. He was a top 12 tight end last year. He played 15 games. It's really like since Antonio Brown, you know, erupted, they haven't had a good tight end. Heath Miller had 761 yards and three touchdowns in 2014. McDonald had four touchdowns. That's the first time a Steelers tight end has had four touchdowns in at least the last five years. But look, Antonio Brown had 20 or more red zone targets in five of the last six seasons. So that's an opportunity. Plus, you don't have uh, Jesse James anymore. There's an opportunity there. I mean, I think we see it 
he just I'm just not sure how good he is. Um, so well, and, okay. and whether he can stay healthy. Yeah, he played 15 games last year. Um, all right, so so who else? Like Austin Hooper had a good year last year. I think he had over 70 catches. And Mike Malarkey is his tight ends coach. And Mike Malarkey did great things for Delaney Walker. Uh, and they, there's already one report that they expect more from Austin Hooper this year. He was a top seven tight end last year. Who else do you like? Do you like Austin Hooper? How does Hooper Hooper's compare to Delaney Walker? Yeah, I I read my number nine tight end. And then Walker, and I've got Reed and Walker very, very, like I think they're both risky, but have a very nice PPR floor for as long as they can stay upright. And then for me, there's kind of a tier gap. Hooper is my next favorite as the number 11 tight end, but again, I wouldn't take him until the 11th round, maybe even the 12th. And then Burton and McDonald are right there with Hooper, but I'd prefer to Hooper to either of them. And then Dave, you have Mark Andrews in this group, right? I do. Okay. Because if you're drafting a tight end this late, and this is one of the reasons why I just moved Jordan Reed ahead of Vance McDonald, you're shooting for upside. You know, it's a theme that we talk about on this podcast a lot. I, I just, I don't see a lot of great upside with Vance McDonald. I think he can be, like I said, a touchdown or bust type of tight end. I think Andrews and Reed at the very least, and, and you might throw Delaney Walker in there too. They've got a chance to get it done yardage wise. I think Vance McDonald has, this might be wrong. I'll double check it in a minute, but I think he only has four career games with over 70 yards. That's a lot of yards. It doesn't happen very often, so it's probably right. Right, which means which means he's a touchdown or bust. Well, see, that's the thing. I, I think if you don't get 50 yards regularly... Er, I, five so that, fantasy points from my tight end is not good. No, but it's actually I, not that bad, believe it or not. I mean, the thing... No, I want seven. The, well, I understand you want games. seven. I want. Well, that's I want why he's ten. Taking Travis Kelsey in the first exactly. round. Exactly. Thank you. He gets me. No, Dave. He I I just me. think your standards are too high. Looking at tight ends with seventy yard games, that like so rarely happens. It's just. Of course, my standards are high. I want to win my damn league, Adam. Well, I understand that, but it's like we're, we're talking about. We're not talking about Travis Kelsey right now. We're talking about Vance McDonald. All right. How okay. does? How so do you guys, listen. How do you feel everybody about everybody listening? Hold on one second. <laughs> Greg Olson. Goodness. If, if you're happy getting five to seven non-PPR points from your tight end, go ahead and wait for one on draft day. If you want more, then go you after should, those elite tight ends. More people are playing in PPR than non-PPR. Fine, so that number uh, becomes like 11. Right. So 11? If you're happy 11? With, oh, six catches per game? Six a week. No, that number becomes like eight. And if you got eight fantasy points from your tight end last year, you had a, top 12, you you had a top 12 tight end. That's not true. Well, Last you had you had Vance McDonald and David Njoku was eleven point three. We're talking with touchdowns, though. You're talking the five was without a touchdown, right? No, eleven point three was Evan Ingram, and he was eighth in points per game. And that was the average of the top twelve tight ends in full PPR last year. I'm not seeing that, but I guess we'll that to... that's how that that's how you count. How about this, Adam? Thirteen through twenty four, the average PPR points of those tight ends was 5.9. I think if you're looking six, for 11 if you're looking for 11 fantasy points per game from your tight end, you have struck gold. That is really good. No, 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 no. That's not striking gold. That's wanting to strike gold. That's Evan Ingram and, and OJ Howard were at You got to use the draft capital to get them. I, I understand, but if you get 11 fantasy points from your tight end late in the draft in PPR, you drafted Evan Ingram or OJ Howard. Slightly worse oh, than that. Oh, sure, 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 sure. That's what I'm saying. I get that. That's what they did. And I, I'm telling you that it's going to be very hard for Vance McDonald to get to that 11-point barrier. He might do it five times. Do we see any sleeper appeal in the rookie tight ends? Hawkinson and Fant, Greg Olson, Jimmy Graham, uh, Irv Smith, Dallas Goddard, Chris Herndon, like anyone else that we haven't mentioned yet. We have two minutes left, guys. Hawkinson's my favorite of that group. Fant is my favorite. Um, I can't wait to see Hawkinson play in the preseason because he's been getting great reports as a route runner, pass catcher. Stafford's finding him uh, in their scrimmage. He was playing with the starters. There, there's great potential with him. And if he's going to get five catches for 50 yards per game, then you know that that's going to be a good starter in PPR. All right, Greg Olson. He played nine games, but he left two of them in the first half with foot injuries. Um in his seven healthy games, he was on pace for nine touchdowns, which is very unlikely to happen because that's never been his thing. But I could see us. He's had foot injuries two straight years. He says he's 100% healthy right now. I could see us picking him up at some point. Starts with the Rams sure. and then as, the Bucks. Like as a streaming tight end, yeah. maybe? Yeah. 
I could see him. And I he starts out with the Rams and the Bucks at home. It's it's not that bad. No, in fact, three of his first four matchups are against teams who were in the bottom eleven against tight ends last year. Rams, Bucks, and then Houston in week four. All right, that's uh, my tight biggest end. problem with Olsen is how much of the targets are DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel taking. Because sure. with McCaffrey there, there's not a lot of extra. By the way, Ian Thomas, if Olsen had retired, Ian Thomas would have been a huge sleeper. Yes, so Olsen absolutely. Gets hurt, you know, keep an eye on Thomas. In best ball leagues, he's worth a last round pick. Or maybe even like third to last round. You might not be able to get him then. Hopefully, after listening to this podcast, the listeners have come to a conclusion on what to do at tight end. And maybe they, they've been convinced that they can wait or they've convinced, been convinced that they can't wait. And if you're still not sure, reach out to me on Twitter at Dave Richard and we'll talk about it. Okay, thank you so much to Dave and to Heath. We'll get Jamie back on tomorrow. We got RB Preview Part 1, and we'll talk to you then. Thanks for listening. This is Fantasy Football Today. Na, 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 na,